Good evening, everyone. Thanks for chiming in. I'm back. I'm doing something different today. I am talking on my Wisdom app along with um, recording on my podcast. I decided to do something different. I've been kind of quiet lately. Um, Nothing's wrong. Nothing negative. It just happens to be that I needed to be quiet for a while. I needed to, you know, sometimes when you talk so much that you you can't hear yourself uh, 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 think. And I am a person that I believe in listening. Listening is very important. And I, I, I've been talking with, listen at me talking. I've been talking with my colleagues and we all agree that this particular Lent and Ramadan is very different. It kind of caught me off guard, if I can say that. And I'm never caught off guard, guard with anything that deals with Christ, anything that deals with um, Holy Week. And it just caught me off guard. And I couldn't come up with what I'm going to fast from. And because I never thought about what I was going to fast from, I ended up fasting from sweets and it just happened naturally. And I found myself, um, when I come home, being quiet, picking up a book, reading, looking at the TV with, you know, watching the TV, but not listening to the TV, if, if I can say that. And so much has been going on, y'all. I mean, we've had another mass shooting. Um, we had students that are are picketing or against uh, gun violence. We have a gentleman who, somewhere down in Tennessee, he's about to be kicked out of his um, Senate job, I mean, his House of Representative position, because he was caught uh, uh, participating in a um, uh, a sit-in for against gun violence. So how can you do that? How can that happen? And then we have we're still having snowstorms. Come on, we're supposed to be in summer, but out west in the Middle West and Upper uh, West, they're still having snowstorms. You know, God is doing something. And then we had tornadoes just about every other day. You hear about it on the news about tornadoes. And you have to stop and pray for them because it could be us. And if you know someone that has been affected by it, pray for them. I can't even imagine what will happen if, if, if that was me. And for everyone who uses Cash App, uh, the founder of Cash App, he was found killed in an undisclosed area, an area that I don't think you would need to be there at 2, 3.30 in the morning. But it's crazy. And then the talk of everything, our or your ex-president 
is now he's he was arrested for 34 counts and then you got the other ex vice president who has to go and testify and the funny thing about it is none of this is going to happen this year they're not going to go to court they're not going to have a trial until next year and guess what's happening next year yeah that's right we're voting go figure i i don't understand our justice system if that was you and i or someone that we know close by that was going um, to court, it would be maybe two, three months from now, but a whole year? Why is it a whole year? And so, and I, I guess maybe that's why I wasn't prepared for uh, Lent and Ramadan, but I was prepared for Passover last night. And I was getting ready to come on last night and the Holy Spirit said, no, not tonight. Because I was a little distracted. You know, if you watch the seasons, the seasons have changed. And I came across a word called zykes, which means the seasons of the times. And the times are different. We're living in a different world. We're still here, but it's different. Banks are collapsing. People are getting shot. Wars are happening. China is just getting pissed off at everybody right now. And they just waiting for an opportunity to attack us. You know, they're just itching for something for them to just come at us. But thanks be to God and those who are praying against it, we are blessed. In Ukraine, has now, uh, over in, in Russia, they arrested another journalist because they said he's a spy. They want something. And, and it's going to be just a matter of time. We're going to find out what it is that they want. They want something. And so in order for them to want something, they have to find a scapegoat. And it's sad that our people from the U.S. can't travel without getting hijacked or kidnapped. We've got a couple over in Haiti that was kidnapped. We've got a few that were over in Mexico, and they're still waiting for their family. And they have two people that they can't find. So what, where can we go safely? And, and I've been asking myself that because I'm dying to get away. I'm dying to not, let me change that word. I'm not dying. I so want to get away. But where can you go that's safe? Where can you go? You know, you take a chance on going overseas. Jamaica is my spot. I'm ready to go back to Jamaica. Is it safe for me to go there? I will never go to Haiti because I, I just wouldn't. It's not my thing. It's not my, it's not my spot. I would never go to Mexico. I'm terrified of going there because I do want to live. I guess we have to use common sense. So as we get ready for Good Friday, and as we think on the things that God has brought us through that nobody knows nothing about.
There are so many things that God has blessed us with. There are so many things that he has delivered us from. And there are some things that he will not deliver us from. It's going to be there. It's going to remain. It's called the thorn. We're all going to have a thorn and that thorn isn't going anywhere. But there are those silent prayers that we have prayed and spoken to God and nobody knows that God has answered but us. And for that, we are thankful and grateful. And for that, we recognize that God is truly still on the throne. You know, we're getting prepared for to remember our Savior that saved our life. Can you imagine where you would be if you hadn't changed the way you thought? If you hadn't changed and given your life to Christ? If you hadn't sat down and said, hey, this is not working, that's not working, I've tried that, I've tried this, I've tried that, and nothing is happening. But then when you decide that you want to uh, 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 give your life to Christ. And then that's when everything started to fall into place. You know, when we think about the cross, you know, he, for him to be crucified, I know we as humans, we could not deal with that pain. There's no way. I know that I could not have done it. And when you think about all of the human kind of achievements that you have achieved. You couldn't have done it without Christ. And you, you, you couldn't have done it. And so with the Lord's work on the cross, it's going to last forever. And you can find that in 2 Peter 3, verses 10 through 13. It is one of the most amazing events in history. We will never forget. Nobody could ever forget what God has done for us. And if you can remember, think about the um, Apostle Paul. He was a man and he was a man who understood. He understood the importance of the cross. And when you go to Corinthians, um, where Paul had went, Paul didn't come to those people with an eloquent speech or persuasive words. No, instead, he said that I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 and 2. Everywhere, I mean seriously, everywhere this guy Paul went, he gave the essential message of Jesus Christ. He let everyone know that he could do nothing without Christ. And because of that, Paul, he would sometimes, you know, draw attention to himself. And not only that, it was because that was his assignment. We all have an assignment. And I was listening to two people. Um, I listened to Prophet Lovey Elias. And then it was another young lady. I, I can't remember her name. And they both agreed, you know, doing different, you know, sermons that in this season, it is crucial 
that when you are given an assignment from Christ, you have to complete it. This is not the season that God says, Marilyn, I want you to get on that podcast and I want you to tell these people about me. I want you to tell them that I'm coming soon, but I'm not going to know. And you're not, excuse me, you're not going to know when. And I want you to go on uh, um, the wisdom app and I need you to just talk. Just talk about me. Talk about you. Talk about what other people are feeling because you have the gift to discern. And then he tells me that and then I decide, oh, no, not today. I'm not feeling it today. Okay, yeah, uh uh-huh, right. You have to do what he tells you to do. If he tells you to go knock on your neighbor's door and give them something to eat because he they're not going to tell you that they don't have any food. They're going to open their door. They're going to come out in public as if everything is okay, but it's not okay. If you're in the grocery line or you're in the line and this person ahead of you is short, maybe five or $10 pay for it because you're seeding into somebody's life. If somebody comes across your vision or in your conscious or while you're asleep and and God tells you to get up and pray. You better get up and pray for them. This is not the season to play. Too much is going on and it's happening rapidly. So getting back to what I was talking about. The cross, it was planned. It was planned and it was ordained by God. That's, that's it. Because he knew that we humans are going to fall into sin. He knew it. So God planned a path for reconciliation. Thank God for the the plan. Because he felt like we needed salvation. And have you ever had the feeling like you're an afterthought to the Lord? Don't feel that way. Because Your salvation was foreseen by Christ and it was achieved by Jesus before we even existed. He already knew. He already knew the 12 people that are listening to me on the wisdom app and you who are on the podcast who will eventually be listening. God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. We know that scripture, Ephesians 1 and 4. We know that. We, we know that he's, God is holy and we are to be blamed. He's going to be blameless before him. We know all of that. But he planned the crucifixion of his own son before he created anything. Before he created us, before he created his son, he created and planned the crucifixion. 1 Peter 1 and 20. And if you want to know more about that, you got to know that it was predicted by the prophets and it was carried out by the Jews and the Romans, just as the Lord has spoke. And none of this should be a surprise to you. And you know what? The cross of Christ has become the greatest demonstrations of God's love for mankind. Could you have done that for someone you love? Could you have... Uh, um, Are you going to step in front of someone when a bullet comes? 
Are you going to fight for someone who's trying to defend themselves and somebody attack them? If you do that, that's love. That takes guts. That takes a strong character. And you know what? And to prove his love for us, he sent his son. We know the story. And he sacrificed. We know the story. We know that he loves us. We know all of that. And as he hung on the cross, he took upon everybody's sin. Our future sin, our sin now, what we're going to do in the next couple of days, what we're going to do next month, he took it upon himself. But the thing is, once you are saved and once you know, if you go back to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, the scripture says that you crucify him afresh. You're going to keep crucifying him. And that's not right. That's not right. And that's not healthy. And because you know what? His sacrifice is the only true path of our forgiveness is because of his redemption. And because of that, we can live. And you know what? The cross, and I said that a few minutes ago. I thank you, Holy Spirit. The cross reaches into your past, your present, and your future. And that's important because the cross transformed all of us. And God has given us the power. And you can find it in James, excuse me, John 1 and 29, that the animal sacrifices that were offered in obedience to God's law by the Hebrews and the Israelite nation. It was to take away the sins. And now they're over in Israel fighting. They're disagreeing with the laws. They said they do not want a dictatorship. And you can't blame them. Israel cannot be like Russia. Israel cannot be like China. And those folks over there are not going to, they're not down with it. And they're not going to let it happen. Because that's not what God created Israel for. And it's sad that in this season of their Ramadan and their Lent, that they cannot even go into the house of prayer and pray and worship without the, uh, the police coming in and, and, and causing and wreaking havoc. That's not of God. So if you look at Israel and what's going on over there, it's just a product of what's about to come. Those people are not down with it. And you know what? I've been trying to get over there for a couple of years now. And I really want to go. And my friend had the audacity to send me pictures with a group, two of them. I had two friends that went, didn't even let me know. And I told them, the next time you go, let me know. I know one of them is not going to go, but this other young lady, let me know. That's a part of my bucket list. I want to go over there. I want to experience that. I know it's an awesome feeling, but yet in the midst of what's going on in Israel, there, I, I just can't believe that this man is trying to create a dictatorship. And God is not going to allow that to happen.
He is not going to allow that to happen. And so as we begin with the um, recognizing Christ, he's already on top of it. He's already on it. He's already on it. Because you want to know why? Because there's nowhere you can run to that God hasn't already been there. There's no door you can hide that Christ hasn't already opened. There's no situation you can walk into that he can't transform. So when, you know, life tries to tell you it's over now, mm -mm, you can't change. If you were going to change, you would have happened by now. Uh-uh, don't listen to that. Don't listen to that white noise. Don't listen to that devil. Because you got to rebuke it. And you got to say, remember that my God, that Jesus has the last word. Jesus has the last word on anybody's life, whatever it is that you're going through. And it's customary, you know, sometimes that you have, you go to your pastor or your rabbi or whoever teaches you for wisdom, that Jesus would always articulate the greatest of all commandments. And you know what that is? To love one another. Jesus, he's, he, he's similar. He's just like a rabbi. And he affirmed that one of the greatest commandments is to love one another. But you probably say, how can you love someone that mistreats you? How can you love someone that, you know, boosts you? And when I say boost, I mean, you know, took, took advantage of you. How can you love someone that you've been there for time and time again and you always seem to get the end of the stick? It's not easy. You know what you got to do? You can love a person from afar. And sometimes you got to stay in your lane. You Sometimes you got to ask God, should I do this? Should I do that? And sometimes when you keep doing for a person, you probably think I'm contradicting myself, but I'm not. You got to have wisdom, W-I-S-D-O-M. And you got to listen to God telling you what to do. If God tells you to do it, do it. If you don't feel the unction of the Holy Spirit to go and do something, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. You have to stay in your lane. Because if you don't, you're going to end up doing more harm than good. And, and I, I'm serious. And so it takes wisdom. It takes reading the scripture to understand what it is that you're to, you're to do and what you're not to do. In this season of Lent in Ramadan, as, the, as the, the, the sun is going down and we're getting ready to wake up tomorrow and it's going to be Good Friday for many of us, you, there's a scripture that I love and it is in Genesis 25, 21 through 26. And this is about Jacob and Israel. And Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. And the Lord answered him and um, Rebekah and his wife conceived. But the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it is so, why then am I this way? So she went to inquire of the Lord. She inquired of the Lord. The Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples will be separated from your body. 
and one people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. When her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. Now the first came forth red, all over like a hairy garment, and they named him Esau. And afterwards, his brother came forth with his hand holding on to Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. And just remember now, I just talked about what's going on over in Israel. So Jacob's birth name in Hebrew means, please forgive me if I mess it up, Yaakov. It's Y-A-A-K-O-V. And it's related to the Hebrew word for a heel of one's leg, a key. And so when the baby Esau was being born, the midwife could not believe her eyes. His twin brother was holding Esau by his heel, not willing to let him go first. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. And because of this, Rebekah and Isaac called their son the heel grabber. And Jacob's name defined his life until another unusual event occurred. And you know what that event it was? It was when Jacob had a personal encounter with an angel. And it was the angel of the Lord. And you can find that in Genesis 32. And it was once again that Jacob grabbed on tightly to the heel of the angel of the Lord because he wrestled with it. Because he was determined that he would finally be granted a blessing. It would be so valued and passionate that anything that he would do, God was going to bless it. And so because of Jacob's persistence, the angel of the Lord granted his request by blessing him. Have you ever been in a situation or in a crisis or it was like, it's got to happen. And you just prayed and you 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 prayed until you wanted your answer. I've been there. And I remember doing that. The, the two years that we were in COVID, that changed my entire soul. My entire life changed when we were in COVID. It was like I was wrestling with the angel. I said, Lord, I'm not going to leave or let go until you bless me. And I remember that. And it just came to me while I was reading this and I started to have tears in my eyes. And this Jacob, that was his life. That was his life. And the angel of the Lord gave Jacob a completely new name. Israel. And the key of to understanding Jacob's new hidden name, you can find that in the book of Hebrews. It's a story called the hidden story of Jacob. What we can see in Hebrew that we cannot see in English. And you can find that book on Amazon.com. I've ordered that book and I'm waiting for that book to come. And so the biblical Hebrew name, how can I say this? Oh, 
Jacob was so determined and he struggled and we have struggled and some of us are still struggling. And it also, it had to do with God himself. When you know that you know that you know, you don't give up. But I heard a prophet, Lovey, say that it's not good to keep praying. And I, and I had to ponder on that. And I said, he's got to, is he, he has to mean something else behind that. And I waited until, you know, I, I continued to listen. And he said, let me reiterate. When you're praying over the same thing, when you pray the first time, you got to know that God already heard it. I said, okay. He said, when you keep praying, it's as if you don't believe God. I disagree with that. I do. God wants to hear from us all the time, no matter what it is. And when he delivered you from that or he blesses you with that, then, yeah, you don't need to go back and pray for the same thing. It's like you moving right along and you move on and you give thanks. So I agree with that to a certain extent. But no, I don't understand that. And I don't even know why I brought that up. So please forgive me. So you got to understand that. Jacob's descendants will forever be known as the people of Israel, the people that struggled with God. This is what's going on over in Israel. And how can they stay together? How can a people that struggle with God with so many nations over there, how can it be? And the word of Psalm says that the sweetness and the delight of worshiping God in the company of others are so common. Psalm 133, verse 1 through 3. It is brotherhood when you can worship together, even though you're different, even though you have different nationalities, even though your color of your skin is different. But when all and everyone come together, and worship one God, it is a special one-of-a-kind moment. It's like it's the one and only. It's like unity at its best. It's like God himself looking down upon the earth and is pleased. He is so pleased and he smiles. And what he was about to do, harm, he does not. And so God is so powerful. He is all-knowing. He is all-forgiving. And then something for you to think about. I'm going to drop this nugget, and then I'm going to close. Armageddon. We all know about Armageddon. Hmm. Revelation 16, 13 through 16. And it makes you wonder because of everything that's going on. In the world, are we getting close to Armageddon? Where is Armageddon going to be? From history, when you do your research, mainly it's going to be over in another country. 
Some people say in Africa. Some people say on the West Bank. But nobody knows that but God. And so Revelation 16, 13, 16. And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Three unclean spirits like frogs, for they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them together for the war of the great day of God, the almighty. And behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keep his clothes so that he will not walk about naked and men will not see his shame. And they gather them together to the place which in Hebrew is called Harmageddon and is called H-A-R slash Mageddon. And the word Armageddon comes from the Greek New Testament. It is originated from Hebrew which means uncertain in meeting. You never know. It is in fact a geographical location and it translates as the Mount of Megadito. I saw a movie about Megadito, Megiddo. And it was, it's an old movie and I can't remember, but it showed the, It showed what was about to happen. I, 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 I understood it, but then again, I didn't. Armageddon is basically two Hebrew words spelled together in Greek. It is a real place, a multi-layer artificial hill, an old fortress, and it's relatively small. I'm reading this as I'm talking because I typed it up real quick and it's still in existence. And it said that it used to be by King Solomon where he was guarded on the Northern borders of his kingdom. And there are more words like that in English. For example, um, Capernaum does not mean anything, but if you spell it in Hebrew, it becomes obvious to refers to Nahum's village. So when you think about everything that God is doing, God has said the past, the present, and the future. Let us get ourselves together and let us do the assignment that God has called us to do. We ask God for wisdom. We ask God for forgiveness. In this season of Lent in Ramadan, we acknowledge who he is. We acknowledge that although the world may be flipped upside down and everything is going on, he is still on the throne. And there is nothing that is surprising with him. He just requires us to be trust, to trust him, to believe in him. And to pray for others as we pray for ourselves. We ought to pray for our household. We ought to pray for each other when we leave out of our door. Wherever you are going so that you can come back safely. And mainly our children. 
Our children are being traumatized. They're afraid to go to school. And now, sooner or later, we're going to have parents having to stay home and work from home so that they can teach their children because they're not going to want to take them to school. And how are the companies going to do that? Through AI, artificial intelligence. We're going to lose jobs. We're going to lose a lot of things. But when you are in Christ and you are with God, you're not going to lose anything. You're going to gain more. You're going to gain more than what you already have because God loves us all. And so, God, we thank you for uh, listening to us. We thank you, God, that you are the creator. And when you made the sky, the clouds, and the fresh air, we are thankful. We thank you, God, that we live in a world that may be flipped upside down. But the beauty of it, God, we love you. And we praise you, God, for your unending love, for the favor that you have shown towards us. And we extol you for your goodness. And we thank you, God, through generations, you are good. And we can see your goodness, God. And may we reflect everything that you have done for us, God. And we thank you, God. We thank you for raising us up. We thank you for giving us clarity of thought. And God, we thank you that every stronghold has been removed. We thank you, God, that you are God of Israel. And you are known as a stronghold of Abraham. And you are well of life, full of life as of Isaac. And you are a rock for Jacob in the days that have gone by. And God, we thank you that you hold us in the palms of your hand. Now grant us prosperity of Abraham. The fruitfulness of our father as we walk in your steps, God. Teach us, Lord, to be the children worthy of the father with whom you are bound with. Guide us, God. Remove us, God. Guide us, God, from the evil which lurks around. We thank you, God, for protecting our children. We thank you, Father, for new mercy every day that you give us, God. We thank you, for we are nothing without you, God. We thank you, Lord, for hearing us. We thank you, God, because you are almighty. You are the one that unites us. And you keep us, God. Thank you, God, for not letting us to walk away. Thank you for giving us wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Thank you for being kings of kings and the master of all who rule us on heaven and in earth. We thank you for being the light in the darkness. We are your children and we will obey you, God. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for blessing our going out and our coming in. And Lord... You are the sovereign of all. You are sovereign in chaos. You are sovereign and there is nothing that you do not know. We thank you, God, for we are your servant. You are our master. We thank you, God, that even when chaos is scary and uncertainty is around the corner, you are a God of order and you can be found in the chaotic circumstances. And for that, God, we say thank you. Thank you for listening in Wisdom App. Thank you for listening for my podcast. I so appreciate every one of you. I pray that you all have a blessed weekend. I pray that you will continually hold on to God's hand. And I want you to be like Jacob. 
I want you to wrestle with the angel until God bless you. Have an awesome day.